Hey everyone, Mary here. This is an emergency podcast episode that I thought was incredibly relevant. I invited Allison Levitsky of Protocol to join me in an episode to talk about how employees are returning back to work. The return to work has been changing nonstop over the past few weeks, and Allison has been reporting on this. So I thought it'd be helpful to have her share her perspective on what she's seeing and how leaders are thinking about return to work, specifically as it relates to COVID and vaccinations office dynamics, etc. I was really kind of her to take time out of her very busy journalistic schedule, given that this is an ongoing and ever-changing situation. All right. So on to today's episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Leveling Up, where you'll learn from leading experts in talent development and explore how leaders in some of the world's most successful businesses approach employee development, manager training, and more. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also listen on our website at levelingup.co. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. Today, I have with me Allison Levitsky, a reporter at Protocol who covers workplace issues in tech. Allison has previously covered big tech companies and tech workforce for the Silicon Valley Business Journal. Allison, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're going to dive into a lot of what's been happening in the world of you know, tech meets, meets COVID, meets vaccination requirements. And you've been covering this for, for quite a while. I'd love to just get a, a quick overview, though, of you know, your background, if you want to introduce yourself in your own words, and how you ended up covering workplace issues in tech. Yeah. So I started in local news five years ago. I've been in the Bay Area for my whole post-college journalism career. And after a couple of stints at some local news outlets covering kind of government stuff, I made my way to the Silicon Valley Business Journal, where I was the public company's reporter, which is a huge beat. And I ended up kind of focusing it a little bit more on workforce issues and trends that were affecting companies in the Valley and, and their people, basically. And that kind of led me to Protocol, which just launched a new vertical called Protocol Workplace. So I joined just two months ago and we've been ramping up Workplace and we've been hiring and just expanding the whole product, covering a lot of these issues around DNI, return to off, you know, office politics, kind of all of that good stuff. And uh, we're starting to host events and we have a great newsletter that comes out Wednesdays. So yeah, lots of good stuff there. Great. We will link to the protocol in the show notes, as well as where our listeners can subscribe to your newsletter. So the plans to return to the office have just been changing pretty much day by day, it feels these days. And so I'd love to get a sense of what you're seeing in terms of the variability of decisions? Are you seeing organizations changing their tune? And we'll dive into this in a more structured format, but at a high level, are things still ever changing as of you know August 13th when we're recording this? Or is it something that is starting to firm up? Oh gosh, no, it's still changing. I mean, just yesterday, Facebook announced that they're going to postpone their reopening until January. They had previously planned to reopen at half capacity in September and then full capacity in October. And now they're joining the growing list of companies that are not going to reopen until 2022. Many of those are planning on January. There's some looking at February. Airbnb is one that is actually not planning to come back to the office until September of 2022. So they're looking at a whole, another whole year of, of remote work. How are companies deciding whether or not to return to the office? And I know this is very fluid right now with Delta impacting a lot of these decisions. What are you seeing at a high level? 
I think it's more a question of when to return to the office. There's a minority of companies that are going office-less, but the vast majority are going with more of a hybrid approach. So I think it's more about, are we going to reopen this year or are we going to wait a few more months until 2022? Yeah, you mentioned Facebook delaying. You mentioned, I know Google has delayed. Who was it that you said was coming back in September, 2022? That's Airbnb. So they want to demonstrate that people can live and work from anywhere and kind of integrate that into their own workforce strategy. So they are going way far out. And so it'll be interesting if anyone follows them and does something similar. But at this point, I'm only aware of companies that are going back either, you know, September, October this year or January, February of next year. It's such an interesting time right now where it's ever-changing. And many of our listeners are leading efforts in their own organizations trying to decide how do we return. Do you have an insight as to what factors are coming into place in terms of when to return to work? Is it still very fluid? Yeah, it's so fluid. And it's a good question. It does seem like some of the you know, big companies like Google and Apple are still hoping to come back this year. I don't really know what to make of that. And I wouldn't be totally surprised if if more of those types of companies ended up delaying Amazon and Facebook, as we mentioned, or are also going with the January approach. So I think whenever I talk to executives making these decisions, they say they want to give their people, you know, the ability to plan their lives. Some people have moved, you know, they've gone to stay with family or whatever. And so I think they also talk about the data, you know, case counts and vaccine availability and all of that. So I think companies would say they want to play it safe, but I think they're also eager to get back to the office as soon as they can safely. And when you say safely, you know, a lot of this has to do with vaccines. Some companies are requiring vaccines. Some are saying that they prefer their employees to get vaccines. And specifically, are you seeing which companies are starting to say you have to have a vaccine versus which ones are kind of jumping into more of a flexible approach? What's the appropriate way for a company to move forward here from what you've seen? Vaccine mandates are getting a lot more popular. They've almost become the norm for some of the big companies. Facebook has a vaccine mandate. Google has a vaccine mandate. Microsoft, Uber, Lyft. Oh, Twitter also has a vaccine mandate. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if more companies followed those because they do tend to be trendsetters. So I think it's kind of more interesting to ask who doesn't have a vaccine mandate at this point. And that is Apple and Amazon among the the really big companies. So, you know, I think it's a similar thing. It's sort of like, it, it wouldn't be surprising at all if either of those companies did implement a vaccine mandate, but yeah, definitely becoming the norm in tech. When we say vaccine mandate, let's define that a little bit more because I know it's different for different companies. What does it mean to have a vaccine mandate right now? Typically it means you need to be vaccinated and usually show proof of vaccination to the employer before you can come back to the office. And it was interesting that in early July, when I was, I wrote about which companies were implementing vaccine mandates, there were only a handful at that point. And 
Most of them were not requiring proof of vaccination, but at this point, it's become just part of part of that process. Companies are asking companies that are imposing vaccine mandates are requiring people to submit, you know, a photo of their vaccine card, or if they're in California or New York, the sort of digital options that they you can get from the state. So, what happens when these two things collide? So, for example, we have companies that are requiring their employees to return to the office at some point, right? So that might be September of next year, but even so. And then we have these same organizations requiring vaccines to return to the office. And so at some point we're going to hit, you know, a a conversion where we have employees who do not want to get vaccinated and up to this point have chosen simply to not return to the office. What happens? Do our executives sharing what their plans are? Are they, do you just get fired? Like, how does that look? That is such a great question. From everything I'm hearing, I think it's unlikely that companies are going to start firing many employees for not getting vaccinated. Google has, they told their employees that they had approved 85% of the hybrid work exceptions that employees had requested. And I guess the remaining 15% were people who, based on their job description, needed to come to the office, at least in the opinion of the company. So... I would expect more outcomes like that. I kind of think that companies are probably going to find ways to accommodate people rather than potentially getting into, you know, messy situations where they, you know, are firing people. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of this really play out in the next few months as some of these companies do return to the office in October, like you said, or, you know, January of next year, it'll be sooner rather than later or much later. I I just wrote a story about Hewlett Packard Enterprise implementing a vaccine mandate. And they even said that they're willing to accommodate on-site employees. So people who need to come to the office to do their job, if those employees don't get vaccinated, they will find a way to accommodate them at the office. So I wouldn't be surprised if if we saw more of that. They said that those employees will have to wear masks at the office and they'll have to, I think, get tested regularly and kind of, you know, maintain social distancing. So I think there are still some, you know, accommodations that companies can make for people who don't or can't get vaccinated. Interesting. And I could see, you know, even having different floors where people who aren't vaccinated are working on those floors or something. I mean, this is all so unprecedented, right? And everything that's happening right now is being decided by, you mentioned earlier that we have these big tech companies that are leading the way and others are going to look to them to not only learn from their mistakes and learn from their successes, but also to kind of trust that they are the experts here. And the reality is, Nobody's the expert on this just yet, right? We haven't had to deal with this before. And so everybody's kind of giving it their best guess. And I think it'll be interesting to to watch how this plays out. Some companies are requiring proof and some companies aren't. And I'm curious how that decision is being made. Is it what's to say that somebody wouldn't say that they had a vaccine and then show up anyway? What are you seeing from the companies you've interviewed? Yeah. I mean, one company that I talked to about that recently was Pure Storage. They're a data software and hardware maker. And they, they said that, you know, we trust our employees for a lot of things. You know, we trust that they're not going to lie on their expense reports or their job application. So it's, they, they see it as sort of no different, but they're also, you know, they're a smaller company. I mean, they're, they're a big publicly traded company, but they're not Google and they're not Facebook. So I, th- I think that it might just be a, 
you know, to some extent, a logistical thing, just managing such a large workforce that it might just make more sense to just require everyone to submit proof. I mean, I think there's also the question of forgery. I mean, I doubt that that's going to be a, a huge issue. I, you know, I'm there will probably be a few people, you know, who fake documents, but I don't think it's going to be, I can't imagine that it's going to be a, a big issue across the industry. But, you know, I mean, companies... I would expect that they're thinking about that and they're, that they're thinking about how are we going to see if, you know, even if we do require proof, how do we even know that it's legitimate? So we're running into this, like the honor system has to be the, the guiding force at this point, essentially. All right. So employers requiring vaccination and proof of vaccination, I imagine that's going to be saved in some sort of internal system. You wrote a little bit about privacy and what concerns might be happening here. How are companies approaching you know, saving this information could, is there space for this to be discrimination, you know, problems in the future, but also this is their health information. So what are you seeing? Some companies are just viewing proof of vaccination rather than saving a copy of it. So what that looks like is the employee can just show somebody their vaccine card or whatever it is. And then the HR person or whoever is is managing this records that they have seen the proof rather than actually saving a copy of it. I mean, I, I think that from what I have heard, it's more common to, to actually save it. it. It seems kind of an easier way to manage things. But on privacy, yeah, I mean, I, I just those two basics. I mean, beyond that, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about that. Yeah, fair enough. I want to just quickly pivot this to a different point, which is return to work in general. Earlier, you said you're seeing kind of this hybrid rollout and Apple had a big situation happen where employees felt like mandating return to work wasn't fair. And I'm, of course, boiling that down to a very generalized sentence, but how are companies returning to work in the sense of how they actually work in the office? Are you seeing changes in design of office? Are you seeing changes of location? Can they now work from sort of a co-working dynamic? What's playing out in the various companies that you've been talking about? That's something that I, I want to learn a lot more about. And I think that, that a lot of those changes will become more well-known and, and kind of crystallized as companies actually fully reopen their offices. But from what I've heard, I think it's kind of a move away from people having assigned desks and instead having more what they like to call hoteling, you know, you reserve a desk, you know, I like an example I'm thinking of is VMware. They, I, I think they were maybe a set 70, 30 on, they were pre pandemic. I, I believe they were 70% assigned desks and now they're 70% like co-working space or, or non-assigned desks, basically. So I, I think it'll be probably more of that. But yeah, I think it'll look different at every company for sure. I don't want to kind of completely derail us, but I'm curious what, like anything else that you think that you've just been reporting on either related to vaccines or COVID or return to work that you think is just really interesting and you think our listeners might find useful as they make their own decisions? Yeah, I mean, I think that one trend I keep seeing is is just companies are going more flexible. I think the, those that are doing hybrid, which is, you know, the most common approach to the return to work, those strategies are, are getting more flexible. I talked to Twitter's CHRO recently, and they are going asynchronous first, which means they are basically discouraging Zoom meetings. They're not saying don't have meetings, but, you know, they're saying we want you to default 
more to Slack or default more to document sharing because they see that as a better way to manage a distributed workforce that is across different time zones. So I think that is really interesting. And that's something that, you know, we've seen at other companies like GitLab and Doist. Those are two other companies that that do async, but I think what sets Twitter apart and that is that Twitter does have offices, whereas those come GitLab and Doist are both, they, they don't have offices, they're all remote. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out at Twitter and you know whether that makes them an even more kind of remote first company. Twitter, of course, does, they have closed their offices kind of because of the Delta issue, but they're planning to reopen them later on when it's safer. And then, yeah, we're seeing companies go more flexible in terms of how many days per week they're asking people to come into the office. You know, we still have some of the giants like Google and Apple saying, you know, the default is everyone is expected to be in at least three days a week. And LinkedIn had a policy like that, but they recently decided to lift it and say that, you know, anyone can work remotely as much as they want. And a Sana is another company that they initially were only going to let people work remotely on Wednesdays and now they're going Wednesdays and Fridays. So that's actually, that's kind of a, one of the less flexible approaches that I've heard of, but at least they are getting more flexible. And I think what this comes down to is, you know, competing for talent. I think that people, I think a lot of the workforce, they want access to an office, but they also want a lot of flexibility. They want to be able to control their schedule, to control when and where they work and, companies are realizing that they're going to need to allow for that if they don't want to lose their best people to companies that allow for that kind of flexibility. I know that you're talking mostly with leaders of organizations. So are they concerned with morale in terms of either returning or not returning to work? Like what factors are they taking into consideration right now? Yeah, that's a good question. My feeling is that a lot of people have gotten used to remote work and people have kind of embraced the flexibility. I think I haven't heard too many people say, you know, my company just postponed our reopening. I'm upset. You know, I I think that people are kind of like, this is just how it is. I think there's a a range of feelings about it. I think that certainly there's a lot of people who want to get back to the office, see their colleagues, but keep in mind that most companies do have their offices partially open right now to those who who want to come in. So it's not like that's not an option for most people. I think that for a lot of people, I have the sense that there's you know a significant population of professionals who are enjoying the flexibility and are maybe a little bit resistant to having to go back a certain number of days per week. And I think it's interesting. You wrote about how VMware opened their office in June. And then like hardly anybody showed up. It's this interesting question to see as companies are giving the option to, to come back to work, how many people are actually taking that up, taking up that offer. And then what will that do to influence their decision moving forward? It'll be an interesting experiment over the next six to 12 months. I know. Yeah. And and everyone I've asked about that, it, it seems like VMware was sort of typical of, of other companies that have reopened and hasn't people haven't been beating down the door to get back to the office for the most part. Twitter said that they, they were only open for, I think, a week and a half or two weeks before they decided to 
to deopen, which is the word that we're using at protocol. Deopen. But they said that they actually were seeing a pretty good turnout, at least at first. I think they were open at maybe half capacity somewhere around there. And they said that they were seeing, you know, kind of around that level. But it was kind of just around that time in July when the Delta variant was starting to become a real concern. and, And they said that their attendance started to kind of drop off. And so they knew that people were nervous about case counts coming up. So they decided to close. It's going to be a play it by ear situation for some time. Well, Allison, thank you so much for making the time to speak with me and share your perspective on return to work, COVID vaccines and big tech. We're all watching. We're all trying to learn from the leaders in these organizations to identify how to influence our own decisions within our organizations. But it'll be an interesting next six to 12 months. And we'll continue to follow along as you continue to report on this topic. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Head over to levelingup.co to join our newsletter and to find past episodes. 